to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in to the week four main slate, but around these parts, it's it's birthday time for our boy, Matthew Betts. Matt, it's the Fantasy PT, but around here, it's Fantasy Party Time. Oh my gosh, dude. We are thriving. Yes, this is the big 3-0 for me today. 30 years old uh, or young, I'm not sure, but we were talking before we recorded. Um, 30 hit me like a like a, a sack of potatoes, if that's even a saying. I don't even know anymore. But I was telling Kyle, I did a workout yesterday when I was still in my 20s, 29. Um, woke up with a little bit of <laughs> low back, back pain. So so here we are. Welcome to 30. But um, no, man, I'm, I'm excited for the day and I'm excited for the slate. And hopefully just because it's my birthday, I feel like I have to win a tournament, right? I mean, that's how it works. Dude, that's that's what happens when you turn the dirty 30. Uh, in this episode, I'm actually going to get to share a couple of different birthday things for bets. And I wanted to start this one off with a quick question. It's something that I shared with you this morning, but I wanted to get your real thoughts behind it because getting you a birthday present, I mean, I thought it could go for maybe something pretty typical. Like DFS wise, I thought about maybe getting you some DK crowns because I know that those matter so much to you. They do. Uh, so maybe send if you want to send bets some DK crowns. It's kind of like Bitcoin, right? Same thing. Can you actually do that? Does that actually <laughs> I don't happen? Think so. I have no idea. <laughs> it would be so, it'd be worthless to say here's a bunch of DK crowns. Um, I did think just for the sake of the pod about getting you something Mike Glennon themed, and I tweeted this out. But dude, what would you think about a Mike Glennon signed neck pillow? <laughs> I would be just so happy. If, if I actually got that. First off, it's signed by our boy. Uh, and second, I mean, I know Davis Mills has given him run for his money with uh, neck sizes, but Mikey G, Mike Lennon, he is uh, the goat when it comes to just oversized necks and his neck pillow would be just uh, top of the line. So that's definitely the top choice of the four that you listed. And then, yeah, the other ones I did is something with lawnmowers since apparently most people are demographics listen to this while they mow the lawn, which will change in the season. And the last thing, and I'm actually dead serious about this one. I want to figure out how to make a legit, like designed, patented snow model shirt because it is getting colder and it is Derek Henry week. Like this is a week we're going to be talking about him. So I thought that would be appropriate. But for turning 30, um, anything special you're going to do this weekend you want to share with the people? This weekend is going to be fun. Uh, we are playing some golf with some buddies. It's going to be great. And then going out to dinner with the wife. And then Sunday, just the usual, sweating the DFS lineups. But I celebrated a couple weeks ago. My wife and I went away for a weekend, did a ton of hiking, and ate at a bunch of good restaurants and breweries and stuff like that. So definitely ringing in 30 the right way. Um, but at this point, you know, the, the celebrations are a little bit low uh, low on the excitement scale, <laughs> given that you're over 30. They're just not the same as when you're 21 or 22. Maybe the best way that you could honor bets is you could challenge them, maybe in a head-to-head on DraftKings, and just put together a crap lineup. So then you'll give bets, you know, like five bucks, maybe it's four, and then DK takes <laughs> takes a dollar of that head to head or something. But if, if you want to do that, make sure you tell bets happy birthday on Twitter. And we're glad you're along with us for the ride. Last week was super fun for both of us, not just cash lineup, but we had some listeners win some big old GPPs. So if you want to be a part of this experience, bets and I are also on our discord channel, which the fantasy footballers have. We have a specific one for Patreon subscribers. Uh, where we've gotten to go in there, critique lineups. Like we've talked about like, hey, maybe don't do this. Like I remember there's uh, someone last week who said, should I play Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, and DeAndre Swift? 
And I said, ah, that's probably too many lions. And what he did is he switched that off and was able to cash just from simple conversation like that. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can go to ultimatedfspass.com and you can use the promo code DFSPOD if you want to save some cash, if you want our picks. Bets and I just submitted today our picks for DraftKings and FanDuel. And those are always a doozy because there's so many players each week that we get to write up. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, make sure you go to the website and look that in. But let's talk about cash picks. Straight cash, homie. All right, Betts, I'll let you start us off with quarterback. And last week, we basically said, play Josh Allen and play Matthew Stafford. Feels like it's almost the same thing this week. Yeah, there's honestly, it feels like a week where you can't really go wrong. And it's just a matter of how much do you want to spend on your quarterback this week? Because there's a lot of guys in the 6K range and then the 7K range that just stick out like a sore thumb as just great plays. And the top of the list here, I'm going to go to Josh Allen. I'm not sure what you guys need me to tell you. It's the Houston Texans. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and their team implied total of 32 points is the highest on the slate. So if you're spending up and you want safety, Josh Allen looks like a great play this week. I'll also throw out Dak. We're going to talk about the Carolina and Dallas game in detail in a second, but Dak at 6.7K, I like that a lot. He just looks so dialed in right now. Um, and against Carolina, I'm not really worried about the matchup. I know they look like a good defense on paper, but they've played just you know Davis Mills and Jameis Winston and um, just not Dak level play, players, right? Like he's a great quarterback. He's going to succeed. And we like that game. So I like Dak Prescott a lot at 6.7 K. Yeah. So Dak's probably the best salary saver in terms of like, we know his floor. He's just priced too cheap because of that Monday night price glitch. Uh, I'll just throw out Patrick Mahomes is just somebody that I'm willing to pay up for. And, um, you know, the chiefs have the highest pass success rate in the league. And when they're ahead, when they're ahead, which you know Chiefs usually are ahead, we expect them to win against your Eagles. Uh, they throw at a seventy-one percent like clip. So I want the points. I want the Chiefs. I'm willing to pay up. And then if you really want a cheapy, I feel like people ask like, "Hey, what if I want a cheapy?" I'll say Matt Ryan at home. I don't think it's that bad against the football team. They've allowed the fourth most passing yards and the third highest expected points added per pass attempt. So Falcons want to throw in the red zone. I don't really mind that. It's just super cheap. So pay up at quarterback, like just get the safety in cash. And then on FanDuel, Dak is a good value and Matthew Stafford's a good value at, uh, at 7.8. All right. Running back this week. Who do you like? I mean, how do we not talk about the big dog? Um, listen, dude, I woke up this morning. It was crisp. It was about 45 degrees here in Vermont this morning. Woo. Yes. Cold. So the snow model isn't really at full capacity yet, but it is trending that way. So I'm gonna hop in before things get you know get heated here. Um, it looks good for Derrick Henry this week. There's not too much to say, and there's not a lot of analysis. He's going to touch the ball 25 plus times. He's seeing a 13% target share, and we have AJ Brown definitely out this week. They haven't ruled him out, but he's not gonna play. And Julio Jones just popped up. We, there was an injury report that came out that it was like a leg injury. We didn't know. Found out it's on Thursday. It's a hamstring issue. And Julio missed games last year with the hamstring issue. So that's concerning. So he's going to be option A, B, and C. Um, I'm paying up for him in cash this week. I've already made the decision. Just too, too safe uh, of what you're going to get against the Jets. 8.8 on DraftKings. And then also throughout, let's monitor Dalvin Cook. Um, he's a great tag. He's 8,100 this week and i like that tag a lot because it's the cheapest he's been all season and if he's healthy and he's the green light full go certainly there's no one's going to argue about paying up for dalvin cook 
Let me throw this stat in for Derrick Henry, just in case you like, okay, I don't know. Maybe the Jets are just going to go all in. The Jets have given up the highest rush TD rate in the league. Okay. So their touchdowns they've been given up, they've been on the ground and they allow the highest percentage of rush attempts inside the 10 yard line. That sounds like Derrick Henry. And I think, I think he's going to be able to pay off in cash GPPs. We'll have a conversation. Um, but yes, we will be playing Derrick Henry this week. And if you want to jump on his back, uh, you can do it. In terms of that middle price, that middle tier, my favorite is Darrell Henderson right now. It seems like he's trending in the right direction of playing, and he's only 5.6. Arizona actually has given up a lot on the ground. So I, that's just where I'm at in terms of like, if I'm going to pay up for somebody like Henry, I need to find savings somewhere else, and usually at that RB2 spot. I like Darrell Henderson, and then Jonathan Taylor is only 6.6. What are your thoughts on Taylor against the Dolphins? Yeah, I don't think I'll go there in cash. I think he's a great GPP play. I mean, he's been a guy that people have been kind of excited about for the first month or so, and he hasn't really done much. But he's still, I think he, last I looked, he was top two in carries inside the 10-yard line. I don't think he scored on any of those. So like regression is going to hit for him at some point, and I definitely want to be ahead of the curve. So I'll probably play a lineup or two with him in there, but more of a tournament play for me this week. So in terms of like roster construction, I think that's what's most interesting is if lineups are saying, I want Henry, or if we find out that Cook is healthy, like those are going to be the guys, the studs that people get in, and they're going to have to get different elsewhere. And so I feel like wide receiver is kind of wide open this week. Like there's nobody that says you have to play them. I feel like the biggest value on the board is Amari Cooper at 6K. He's just, you know, not priced there. And I don't know how people feel because he's had two down games in a row and you know, but I, I still remember week one and this Panthers defense, like I don't believe in them, especially in terms of the secondary and the injuries they've had. So Amari Cooper is my favorite there, but are there any other values at wide receiver for cash that you like? Yeah, I feel like we sound like a broken record. I mean, just always talking about these bills, pass catchers. Of course, if you want to pay up for Steph Diggs, do it. No one's going to argue with that. But Manny Sanders is 4.9 K. He was the cover boy on your cash uh, recap article this week on the site, Kyle. Love him. His just his air yards are insane. Um, Cole Beasley just dominating targets. I know it's not pretty because it's going to get you like 10 for 90, but on full PPR sites, that works. Um, and he's cheap. He's also in the low 5K range there. So if you need to save salary, I'm looking at those two names this week. And then I'll just throw out real quick. One guy in the mid tier that I absolutely am in love with this week, and it's that Dallas Carolina game is DJ Moore. I mean, how can you argue against the guy who's getting the target share? He is. Um, and just the talent, like the breakout is happening. Now we have no Christian McCaffrey. Dan Arnold doesn't really matter that much, but no Dan Arnold. Um, he should be able to dominate this weekend and his price tag is cheap. Yeah, Dallas, they've allowed the highest pass rate because their games are just like going off. So I feel like if we like Dallas players and we're going to talk about that game, then like there's somebody that's going to have value. And is it Chuba? Is it DJ Moore? Are we having a giant Robbie Anderson game? So I do like DJ Moore, and I feel like his price is still not that high. He's way more expensive, and he kind of always stays up there on FanDuel. It's kind of interesting. Uh, in terms of the elite tier, uh, I love Tyreek this week at uh, on the road. Um, if you look at the Eagles' metrics, it looks like they're really good against fantasy wide receivers. But honestly, like that secondary is not that good, other than Darius Slay's the big name. So we'll talk about that game. Devontae Adams is only seven point nine k. Go for it, like safe. You're getting targets. Steelers rank 28th against fantasy wide receivers. And it's a game environment we like. I also found this stat that the Steelers, all of their touchdowns they've given up on defense have been through the air. 
So I like Devontae Adams. He's essentially a goal line running back. And uh, 7.9, that's pretty cheap for Devontae. Like, he's usually a lot higher than that. And then any other names you like? Uh, those are the big ones. Also, throw out real quick, Corey Davis. He's down there. He's 5K. Um, it's a game where you can easily project the Jets to have to throw a ton. Tennessee secondary isn't great. And if he's going to see targets and he's, you know, 5K, like if you need the savings to get down to him, I'm fine with it in cash. I don't, I'm not like in love with him. If I'm choosing between Sanders and Davis, I'm choosing Sanders. But if you prefer Davis, that's fine as well. And it's a revenge game. So that means everything to him. Of course. All right, let's finish up with tight end and defense. Um, There's really a small pool of players that I like on DraftKings this week. And once again, we subscribe to either pay up or punt. And so the pay up is real simple. Is it, do you want to pay 8.1 for Kelsey? Do you want to pay 5.9 for Kittle or uh, do you want to punt? So who's your favorite punt plays this week? Yeah, there's two that I think fit the bill. We talked about it on Tuesday's show with Evan Ingram. He is $3,000. It looks like both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are going to miss this game. And if that happens, he's got to be the dude. We can't forget Kenny Galladay also entered last week questionable with the hip issue. So their pass catchers are really struggling. He could just be thrust into opportunity. And at 3K, that's going to work out for you pretty well. And the other one is is Big Montana. Will Disley is going to potentially get an every down roll with Russell Wilson because of the fact that Gerald Everett landed on the COVID IR list. So assuming he is out and, and uh, Disley is in 2.6K in a pretty high scoring game environment, I think the total is 51 and a half right now um, is really intriguing as well if you want to punt it off. Yeah, with Disley, he's been fun. I remember us playing him in the past as a punt play. Um, we obviously for the show, he's he's a fun name, but you're asking for eight points. That feels like something that's doable in a total that we like. So if you really want to punt it off and not play those high price guys, I do like big Montana. And then for defense, it gets gross at, down here at the bottom. I like Dallas at 2.6 at home against Carolina without CMC. I think that is certainly cheap enough. The Vikings are right around that same point. Um, but who do you like at DST? This is really gross, but it makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions this week. They're 2.2K. So if you really want to save money, that's where you go. Um, it's just, man, the fighting Matt Nagy's of Chicago are so bad. They're 31st in points per game, 28th in plays per game, 32nd in yards per game, 32nd in yards per play, 30th in first downs, 32nd in sack rate allowed. Uh, what is there to say? Play, play the Lions. And last thing I'll add about cash. A lot of people asked this question last week and I just want to reiterate, have a pool of players because it's okay to mix and match. It's okay that you don't have your final opinion on a Friday. Um, just be able to do that and adjust as as things move on throughout the week. So if we mention those tight ends, like we said, Kelsey, Kittle, Ingram, and Disley, like those are very different builds in your roster, you know, getting from Kelsey over 8,000 to Disley. Um, so you're, the rest of your lineup is going to change if you want to play those players. So just play around with it. Like, okay, if I have Kelsey in my lineup, what do I have to sacrifice? Or if I have Disley, I can get up to Henry and Devontae Adams in my lineup. You know, those are the kind of decisions that you get to make in cash. All right, let's talk about how to stack this week. Stack attack. So we're going to highlight some of the games that we think are the most important for GPPs to stack. And we're going to start off with your Eagles bets. It is the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Both teams are one and two. This game is a 55 total and the Chiefs are seven point road favorites. 
So what are the main storylines in this game? Well, if you would have told me three weeks into the season that the Chiefs and Eagles had the same record, I would be thrilled. I would say, sweet, we're 3-0. <laughs> um, but that is not the case. They are 1-2, and two, and I am absolutely terrified for what the Chiefs are going to do to the Eagles. Um, coming off of back-to-back -back losses in a hashtag revenge game for Andy Reid going back to Philly, I feel like we just see him pull out all the stops, like let Mahomes just go absolutely nuclear and really like get back on track, right? That's that's what I expect to happen. So I'm worried about the Eagles side of the ball. I'm worried about their ability to keep up in this game. And I know we talked about on the Tuesday show, like Kansas City hasn't really covered the spread very much. This feels like a game where they're going to win by two plus touchdowns. So I definitely want exposure to Mahomes stacks for sure this week, whether that's in cash or GPPs, I'll certainly have some exposure there. Um, it's hard to see a path to them failing in this game, in my opinion. With the Chiefs side, I feel like so far this season, we haven't seen that absolute explosion. Like Tyreek did it week one, and then he's been silent the last two weeks, and Kelsey's just been Kelsey. But I feel like we haven't seen that yet. And so I'm seeing in the roster percentages them coming in a lot lower than I think they should be. And I think it's the worry is the Philadelphia side. Like, okay, where do I go here? Like Devonta Smith, last two weeks, production's been down. He slipped and uh, they had the interception this past week. At the tight ends, it's like, I don't feel super confident with Goddard. Miles Sanders had two carries. So luckily for us, the Chiefs defense is very, very giving. They rank dead last. You ready for this? In defensive DVOA, in pass DVOA, in rush DVOA. It is really hard, people for someone that looks at statistics to be the worst at both the run and the pass. Like usually one team is really bad at one because they give up the other and, and vice versa. So it's really bad with the chiefs. They haven't really had a pass rush. So then can we play Jalen hurts and who do we stack him with? I mean, I think you can play hurts if you really want to, even though in terms of real life, like he hasn't looked awesome, even in a game Monday night where he just struggled so badly, he still put up like 25 DK points because he was forced to throw the ball basically every play and we know that that creates opportunities for him to scramble which he can definitely do so he's got 20 plus dk points in three straight games i don't think a lot of people are going to play him despite that so he's interesting as like a pivot in this game maybe you stack him with devonta smith or something like that or you can play him as a one-off honestly um but i'd much rather just kind of go in on the chiefs and then i do think if you're going to bring it back in this game it would be devonta smith for me i know the guys talked about it on thursday's show uh, about how he is still getting air yards and he is still set up to succeed better than what he has in terms of his real life output. So I'll go back to Devontae Smith if you want to bring it back in this game. He's my preferred option. Yeah, it, with Jalen Hurts, because he runs the ball so much, you just want a skinny stack. Like you're just saying, I want Hurts and Smith. Like I wouldn't fully game stack this, like triple stack, you know, double stack. Like I wouldn't go to any of those. So I'd probably go Hurts and Smith or... um yeah, I guess Goddard's interesting, but yeah, Hurts and Smith and then run it back with Tyreek or Hurts and Smith and run it back with Kelsey. But yeah, I like the Chiefs side. If you look at Mahomes on the road, it's just his his TD rate skyrockets, more passing yards. He also runs the ball more. Like he's he's averaged over 20 yards on the ground, which is a nice little boost. And I feel like you mentioned it, like Andy Reid is basically saying, we've lost two straight. We are going to just destroy this team. And so there's not much room. And so for me, the Vegas pick is still, uh, it's the Chiefs minus seven. I'm with you. Take the Chiefs. All right. Next one is a matchup of two NFC West undefeated teams, Arizona Cardinals and Los Angeles Rams, both three and O. 
This also has a 55 point total as of right now. The Rams have almost a 30 implied team total and they're four point home favorites. So, so far the Rams have arguably been the best team in the league in terms of just football, like watching the NFL and saying, wow, I feel like they've schemed themselves in positions where uh, they're just in advantageous situations. Last week we highlighted, hey, the Rams are going to probably throw the ball even more on early downs. And what they decided to do is say, let's roll with four wide receivers. So that's why you saw that long DJX touchdown. Uh, Van Jefferson was playing outside. Robert Woods played the highest slot snaps of the season. And Cooper Cup was just doing Cooper Cup stuff against the Blitz. So this week against the Cardinals, we're at a point now with Cooper Cup on Fandle. He's the most expensive receiver. Like he's 8.6. And on DK, he's pretty expensive at 7.8. So... Let's start with Cooper Cup. How are you handling him this week knowing that, okay, cat's out of the bag, he's awesome, he loves Matthew Stafford, but his price is uh, is pretty expensive? Yeah, I think he's fine on DraftKings. I'm not going to play him on FanDuel. I mean, 8.6K is just, it's it's asking a lot to get there, even for anyone, right? Like Even if Tyreek was that or Devonta Adams was that, I'd say like, yeah, it's fair, but I'm not sure I'm willing to go there. So I can't see myself playing him on that site. But on DraftKings, you know, 7.8K, he's the third uh, priced wide receiver there. So you could argue maybe he's priced appropriately or even underpriced relative to what he's shown so far. But the issue is like, you know, at some point, he's going to have a down week. And it just kind of feels like at this point, like if you haven't already been on Cooper Cup, if you're trying to hop on the train now, like maybe you'll be stuck holding the bag sort of thing. But at the same time, like how can you argue against his target share? What he's doing, the Cardinals secondary isn't great. So on paper, this sets up as another great spot for him. I don't have him in my cash lineup right now, and I'm honestly kind of worried about it. Um, so I may come around to him, but I'm not I'm not playing him on FanDuel. I think on DraftKings is definitely viable. I'll say Bobby Woods is interesting yet again. And I feel like it's one of those things where if you played him last week, you're like the process felt like he's cheaper than than Cup, but he was popular last week. Like People wanted to play him because they had that narrative. Now this is a week where we had a huge total. He didn't come through, and you can probably go back to him in GPPs. I can't confidently tell you to play him in cash all the time. Um, he's 6.2 on FanDuel, which is way cheaper, way cheaper than Cup, and um, I'm interested in that on FanDuel, but uh, I think my favorite play in this entire game is Darrell Henderson if he's healthy. My question for you is, we saw Sonny Michelle get all of the work last week, do you think it goes back to Henderson being the main guy or at least 60-40 or 70-30? Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky because before the injury, he was playing like borderline every snap and getting all the touches. So if that's the case, he is severely mispriced and he would essentially be a cash game lock if you told me he was going to see, you know, 80 plus percent of the work. My fear is that the team may view this injury as like, well, maybe he can't really hold up and we should give Sony a little bit of work because he actually was fine last week as far as how Sony performed. So I'm worried about him in cash. At the same time, he's just so cheap. He's in the, what is he, 5.6K, I think, on DraftKings. Just doesn't feel like it's expensive enough for a player on a team as good as the Rams are. And if he would get 20 plus carries or touches, that would just be a huge misprice. So I'm kind of stuck with him. I don't really know where to go. Um, certainly I think the practice reports that come out on Friday and then as maybe if we see any news over the weekend would really dictate that I don't have him in cash right now, but I can certainly see the argument if people did want to play him there. 
Arizona thus far has been a run funnel defense. They've allowed the fourth most rushing yards, the most 10 plus yard runs in the league. And so that's what's so tempting in this game because Sean McVay changes his game plan week to week. I've shared that. I remember last year that he does this very Bill Belichickian thing where if he wants to, he can go four wide receivers like he did last week, or he can change his scheme and say, you know what? We can run the ball at, you know, a 56% clip and, and 50, 60% and be at a spot where, Hey, we don't have to have more than 30 pass attempts for Matthew Stafford. So that's what I'm thinking right now. Um, but Henderson is in the mix as one of my favorite plays. It's just hard to say for sure he's going to be the dude. Um, Tyler Higby, still too cheap on DraftKings if you want to go back there. If you want to stack Stafford, Higby, and pick one other person and double stack, I'm totally fine with that. But the Arizona side, Kyler's really expensive this week, and it's clearly the toughest matchup. Last year, he had two dud games against the Rams. So how are you handling Kyler and his pass-catching weapons? Yeah, I think this week I'm probably going to play him in some GPP lineups, but I don't really love him in cash. Um, we just know the ceiling is, of course, high with Kyler any week that he can rip off 50 to 100 yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. And then, of course, whatever he's doing through the air is just bonus at that point. So there's nothing really to say negative about how he's played. But at the same time, like in big games, I just like is Cliff Kingsbury actually going to do the right thing and like game plan the right way in big games. I'm not sure. The Cardinals haven't played anyone yet this year, right? They haven't had tough opponents. So I don't know if that's going to come to fruition here. Like you said, he struggled against the Rams at the same time. They have a new defensive coordinator. So I definitely want some exposure to Kyler in GPPs. I'm not playing him in cash, but as far as his wide receivers go, I absolutely love Christian Kirk this week as a GPP type of play, whether it's like a mini stack with Henderson and, and Kirk, or you want to stack him with Kyler. I think he is really intriguing. 5.3 on drafting, 6,000 on FanDuel is pretty cheap. He's seeing 34% of the air yard share, and it's only a matter of time before he overtakes AJ Green in terms of playing time, in my opinion. I want to be ahead of the guy that's seeing all the deep field targets here in a game that I think could actually come out and have a pretty big total as far as what Vegas expects here at 55 points. So I like Kirk. I'm going to play a couple stacks with Kyler and see how it goes. I'm always down with Chase Edmonds as well, uh, just because he's getting pass catching work. Uh, 17 targets in three weeks is pretty good for a running back who has great correlation with Kyler. Uh, so it's so hard though when you look at the Rams and think like, okay, how does this team basically say what your pass catching guys do? We're gonna shut that down. And and with Hopkins hurt, I just man, last week like killed me to see Hopkins, who I played in GPPs at a lower roster percentage, just like doom some lineup. So um, yeah, I think Kirk is interesting and I wrote him up earlier in the week, but I feel like, do you like, does this seem like a Rams are just going to keep rolling? It's hard to see them not doing that at this point. Yeah. I, I like the Rams to cover the spread minus four. Um, I definitely want exposure to, to Matthew Stafford stacks again this week. Yeah, the Cardinals have been a little fortunate to be 3-0, and if we're honest. Like, that first week, the game got out of hand real quick against the Titans. They should have lost, right, to the Vikings in that last-second field goal. And then even against the Jaguars last week, like, going into the second half, like, it was, like, very, very tight. So, uh, yeah, I like the Rams to cover at uh, minus four. All right, two more games. Let's highlight really quickly. It's that Carolina Panthers at Dallas Cowboys game. The game has a 51 total. And Cowboys are four point favorites. It's been bet up from earlier in the week when we talked about it. 
But the main storyline is Carolina's defense, which metric-wise, if you look at just stats, you're going to see a bunch of red when you see Dallas players. But let's see, they played Jameis, Zach Wilson, and your boy Davis Mills. So those don't count. Like the, I don't care about your statistics right now, your sack rates. I don't care about any of that stuff, especially against the Dallas offensive line. So for me, I feel like from the very beginning of the week, we've been all about Dallas. Yeah, they're just underpriced. They're so cheap relative to how good they can be. We already talked about the wide receivers. Love them this week. Obviously, Carolina is down J.C. Horn. Um, They did just trade for C.J. Henderson from Jacksonville, but that's a midweek trade, and is he going to be ready in four or five days, and is he even good? We don't don't really know. Um, But these wide receivers are elite. They can clearly win downfield. And I got to give a shout-out to my second model, which is just humming right now, of players tackled at the one-yard line. I mean, come on. CeeDee Lamb, Monday Night Football deep shot i have a bets has a bet on cd lamb to score the first touchdown in that game he is down at the six inch line are you freaking kidding me (laughs) so i am going back to cd lamb this week um it it mean it just makes sense right against carolina and i think that i i think carolina can actually keep up in this game and and move the ball so i like this as a game stack and i certainly want exposure to all pieces uh in the passing game on dallas's side yeah, I, I like it as a game stack in the sense where we mentioned Dak as a cash game quarterback. You can go Amari on DraftKings. He's going to be really popular. Like People see that price tag at 6K and they're just like, wow, that is wrong for a player with his talent. So um, I do like CD a lot on FanDuel. He's 7.4, so that's awesome. Uh, I probably won't be going back to Dalton Schultz. Those were really fortunate touchdowns uh, to be the tight end one on the week. So uh, good luck. If you want to game stack it and say Dak, CeeDee Lamb, Schultz, I'm fine with that. But do not play Dalton Schultz by himself. Only play him if you're playing Dak. Uh, any interest in Zeke? Well, we got news today on Thursday that Tony Pollard did not practice. And I don't know that there was ever really news that came out why that was as of now. So, of course, we need to monitor that and see what happens. But if Tony Pollard is out, I mean, that would certainly push Zeke, in my opinion, probably even into the cash game conversation. He's 6.5K on DraftKings and 7K on FanDuel. So great tag on FanDuel. Um, and yeah, I think I think Dak and his stacking partners, CD and Amari, are going to be very popular. So I like right now the way the slate stands. I like Zeke as a GPP leverage play on the Dallas passing attack for sure. Um, he's still getting a ton of work. You know, people are worried about Tony Pollard. He's still getting a ton of volume and getting the carries close to the goal line. So of course, have some interest in Zeke. So would you do... Uh, just like a correlation play of saying Zeke and DJ Moore and not worry about the quarterbacks. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. You could play Sam Darnold if you wanted to stack one of the pass catchers in Carolina. I think that's viable. He's relatively cheap. He's 6K on DraftKings. And, you know, this is just the next player to leave Adam Gase and actually be good at football. And Joe Brady's system is, I think, set up perfectly for him to succeed. And we talked about DJ Moore being a guy that we like for his price. So if you wanted to stack those two and bring it back with Zeke, I think that's totally viable. The real question, in my opinion, is, is this the Robbie Anderson week? Because people have just been burned in redraft leagues. I played him once or twice in DFS, got lucky in week one with the touchdown. But I'm kind of excited about Robbie Anderson this week. Am I crazy? I thought you were going to say, is it Terrace Marshall week? And that would have oh, got it, me really It can be excited. that too. It can be that too. <laughs> I do think that there is going to be one of those three Carolina pass catchers that is going to be someone you need, like you need in your lineup. And... For GPPs, there are so many players that can put up 15 plus points. But if one of those dudes goes off for 25 plus 
points. Like you need them in your lineup. So um, yeah, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall are all super interesting. Dallas has given up the second most passing yards and tied for the most 20 plus yard passing plays. So like Carolina hasn't trailed. They haven't had a snap yet where they have trailed in a game. And so we're going to see their pass rate skyrocket and maybe that's going to be turnovers. But I just think you're going to want one of those wide receivers. And then with Chuba, I feel like he's the big question this week. Um, for me, I, I'm just not going to go there in, in cash. I'm only going to look at him in GPPs because there's some volatility and, you know, he did get some pass catching work. So that's why I'm like, okay, in GPPs, if he can rack that up, but I could also see a point where Carolina puts up a dud of a game and they score 15 points. Don't you think he's going to be popular though? Like too popular for GPPs? Like, like the ladies like him? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. He just kind of feels like we see it every week when this happens, right? Where there's an injury to a starter and people like fall all over themselves to get this guy in their lineup. I think Chuba Hubbard was fine last week. He didn't really impress me. I don't know. I think he's fine. I just, I feel like his ceiling is relatively low for tournaments in my opinion. Yeah, DraftKings is only 5.9, so I don't think he's going to be super crazy. But FanDuel, he's 6.3. So, like, there's a big discrepancy there. So, I think on FanDuel, he will be a lot more popular. Uh, in DraftKings, I think, I'm going to guess right now, I haven't finished the roster percentage, like, somewhere in the 8 to 10 range, um, which is fine. It's just not, like, super popular enough where you have to take a crazy stance. Um, but, yeah, I'll play him in GPPs if I'm stacking this game and I think Dak's going to be super popular too. I mean, that price is is uh, is just crazy. All right, give me your Vegas pick. I will take the Cowboys minus four. I will take the over and Dallas minus four. Like I just, I mean, this game already went up from when we talked about it earlier in the week. But yeah, I, I in my survivor pool right now, I'm three and zero, of course. Um, I'm taking Dallas. It's either between Dallas and Buffalo's like the layup, but I might save buffalo for later but um dallas i just like them at home all right last game to talk about stacking is basically the exact same team which we highlighted on tuesday it's cleveland browns at the minnesota vikings the kevin stefanski revenge game this game is a 51 and a half total and the browns are two point road favorites so these teams are interesting because we know we want to run the ball we understand their identity of what they want to do both quarterbacks don't run the ball at all. They're statues pretty much, but they're both in pretty good spots. So like, I feel like Baker or cousins in a GPP are intriguing. If you want to stack them, um, they're too thin for me for cash, but, uh, what do you like in this game? Yeah, for me, this is pretty much like a GPP only game with the exception of if we get the news that Dalvin cook is good to go and he's fine. Obviously you can play him in cash and he's cheap at 8.1 K, but yeah, this is really interesting. I'm looking at Odell Beckham this week in tournaments. The Vikings secondary has just been so bad, like atrociously bad. And Odell played his first game back off of the ACL from 2020 last week. He saw nine targets in his first game. And like who else is catching the football for the Browns in the, the wide receiver room, right? Like they, they run a tight end committee essentially with Austin Hooper and those guys. And that's fine if you want to go there. I'm not, but. I think Odell either as a one-off or like a mini correlation with Justin Jefferson or uh, Dalvin Cook, if he's good to go, makes a lot of sense. So he's cheap, 5.8K. And we've certainly seen big games from Odell in the past. What's to say it's not this week against the Vikings' dreadful secondary? I looked at Baker's splits because 
you know, his volume is usually super low. It's not something we want to really chase at all. But Baker's played three games in his career that weren't outside. Like he he hasn't had many chances to like be in the dome because you like think of those AFC North teams. It's like, okay, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, like he's playing outdoors for already half of his games. And so he hasn't had many chances. But if you look at Baker on the road, his TD rate, his attempts, like all of those things skyrocket. So I like Baker as a GPP play. I think you can play him on either site. Um, he's not really a 300-yard passing guy. So it's like, it's just so hard with Baker because he has to really have the efficiency numbers. We've seen him have games where he throws for like four or five touchdowns, but he still spreads it out. So it's like, okay, who are you going to go with? I like DPJ as a dart throw. Super cheap, ran 75% of the snaps last week, but that's really thin. Um can you stack him with Hunt? I, you can if you project the Vikings to win. That's when Kareem Hunt really does his damage for the most part is in the passing game. I mean, Nick Chubb has like zero to two targets every week. That's all he's going to get. And we know Kareem Hunt is the pass catching back. So if you think that the Vikings can pull off a little bit of the upset as two point underdogs in this one. Yeah, I think it's viable and it makes a lot of sense. This game is just volatile because... I could see this game shoot out. I could also see this game like hitting the under and it's like 40 combined points. So this game is one of those where you have to take a stance on in GPPs. We love the wide receivers. Um, I love Justin Jefferson this week. I think you can play him in cash, especially on FanDuel at 7.8K. Uh, Tyler Conklin is still too cheap. He was injured with a, a glute problem as we talked about on the podcast today. So monitor Conk's glute. And, um, yeah, if we, if we get news with Dalvin, this would be the last thing I say, uh, would you put him in your cash lineup or is it like I'm playing Henry, so I'm probably not playing cook. Yeah, it does kind of feel like an either or week this week, just because, I mean, the wide receivers that are up at the top, they're going to smash, right? Devonta Adams looked like he's locked in Cooper cup. We talked about. Tyreek Hill looks great. Like there's a lot to like at that top tier range. I'll throw Stefan Diggs in that list as well. So it does kind of feel like one of those weeks where just in the builds that I'm going to do, I prefer to have like one of the studs. But if you just want the safety of two of those elite running backs in your lineup in cash, um, I think it's totally fine. And Dalvin's, Dalvin Cook's price is cheaper than it probably should be if you assume that he is fully healthy at 8.1K. So that's just too cheap for Dalvin. Yeah, I'll play him in GPPs. But the way I would I would attack this game is I would go Cousins, Jefferson, or Cousins, Thielen, or Cousins, Jefferson, Conklin, and then run it back with either Odell or Nick Chubb. And just assume the Browns take the lead, they're the favorites, with Nick Chubb, um, or get there with Odell. So that's that's probably the best way, but I, I still like Baker this week. I think he's um, a sneaky, sneaky play. So give me your Vegas line. I feel so lame. I'm taking all the all the favorites here, <laughs> but I'll take Cleveland. Uh, I think they win this game. I'll take the minus two. I will take the under. I don't really know how I feel about the line, but I'll take the under. It's at 51 and a half. Uh, we saw what Cleveland's defense could do last week, and then Minnesota actually showed up at home last week against Seattle. So that's where I landed. All right, let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. All right, last week you did make a comeback. Don't call it a comeback, but because it was uh, right now for the season, three weeks into the Battle Royale, Betts has seven wins and I have eight. So week four, 
Maybe I'll give you a little birthday uh, love, but uh, give me a stacking quarterback that you like right now under 6K on DraftKings. I really would rather have your guy. So this is kind of a bummer that you didn't let me in the dock first. But I'm going to take the quarterback in the same game as your guy. I'm going to take Taylor Heineke, 5.9K. Say what you want about the guy. He's going to run the football a lot. We've seen him just kind of play like Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque YOLO ball. And there was a reason that we were excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it's because he was going to do that. Well, Taylor Heineke is doing that. And he's taking on the Falcons in a game that I like to hit the over. I think last time I looked, it was 48 points. I like the over in that game. Uh, We could just see two, I think, decent to okay offenses against bad defenses. Just kind of go off for a couple of points here. So I like this game. I will take Taylor Heineke. I like Heineke from like a football perspective. Like I enjoy watching him play. And I mean, obviously we wanted Fitzpatrick, but he like, he's at least made that offense one that we could talk about for fantasy. Uh, we're not going to go through fully that game. I'm mentioning Matt Ryan is 5.4, which is way down there. Uh, Washington's 28th and past DVOA. And they've given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, but that game's a sneaky one. Like Ridley's interesting. He's depressed in price. And then Terry McLaurin, your boy, uh, I feel like he's going to come in a lot lower. So those two those two teams, at least you could have some correlation plays that I think are totally fine. All right, give me your cash game running back, not named Derrick Henry. <laughs> or Dalvin Cook, because that would be cheating. Uh, I will take Ezekiel Elliott this week. Um, we talked about that game just a few minutes ago, so if you want our full thoughts on it, go back a little bit. But yeah, Zeke is getting the ball. He's getting their goal line touches, and Vegas projects Dallas to score a ton. So I'll take Zeke at home at Jerry World. Mine comes with an asterisk, and that is simply if I find out that Darrell Henderson, at least from injury news, is fine, or at least I have some type of information about the workload. Sean McVay says something like, he's my cash game lock. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but I just think he's set up in such a great spot against the Cardinals, and they're going to run the ball more. All right, give me your cheapy wide receiver of the week under 5K. Yeah, this feels like stealing. Um, Manuel Sanders at 4.9K. He's still underpriced relative to what he should be. He smashed last week, and the writing was on the wall that it was going to happen sooner or later. He's taking on the Texans. Not scared about the matchup. I will take Emmanuel Sanders. That's our boy. Emmanuel Sanders, he's also on our big dog team, which we need that weekly shout-out to our big dog team on underdog. Uh, but Emmanuel Sanders is awesome. I will go with Terrace Marshall at 4K. It's just such a salary savings. We want that game. His usage, his role in the slot is increasing, and I think they're going to have to throw the ball 40-plus times against Dallas to stay with it. All right, punt tight end. Yeah, I have zero zero confidence in Evan Ingram not letting me down because when has he ever let us down before, right? But, but give me Evan Ingram at 3K. We talked about it. Just the Giants have no one to catch the football right now outside of Kenny Galladay, and he could just be thrust into like a 25% target share just because he's the only guy operating in the middle of the field. So give me Evan Ingram at 3K. All right, you heard us say it before, but it's, it's Will Disley. He's the man. 2.6 is almost as cheap as you can get. I will throw out Tommy Trimble. Tommy T, Tommy High T, um, as somebody because Dan Arnold's gone, but I will much rather play uh, Big Montana. And then give me your sneaky DST, and you stole mine, you jerk. Yeah, I mean, dude, the Colts at two point seven K are so exciting because we're taking on you know a quarterback that's a backup A, but it's Jacoby Brissett. I just like Jacoby. I think you're fine as a backup, but man, that offensive line for the Dolphins is just. 
horrific, and I know you put this in your FanDuel article, that he has been sacked in his career at an 8% rate. So like one out of every 10 times almost that he drops back to pass, he's going down. So I will take the Colts just against the uh, offensive line is horrific for the Dolphins. Give me Indy. Yeah. Jacoby's one of those guys, kind of like Tyrod, where it's like, oh, well, he can escape the pocket, right? Like, no, a lot of times those guys take sacks because they think they're more mobile than they are. Like, Jacoby's a big, tall dude. He's not fast. Like, he's not he's not a fast quarterback by any means. So they're one of my favorite defenses, 2.7. You have to spend up on FanDuel, but uh, they're pretty cheap on DraftKings. And then I'll go back to the Cowboys. I like them to win that game. They're at home. And do I trust Sam Darnold? without CMC to really have a ceiling game. I don't. I do think there's turnovers that are going to happen in that game. So uh, Cowboys, I think, are solid. I think they have a solid floor, and I think there is a ceiling. I think they showed against Philadelphia Eagles that they can uh, get some turnovers and turn those into scores. So I have a couple of questions for us. Mailbag. Mailbag. And I wanted to pull the people... Um, and I got this question in. This one actually came in from somebody who listens to every single podcast. It's actually my brother. So you don't know this is coming, but Ooh, he wanted surprise. to give you, he called he he called it a dirty 30 question. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it has to do with fantasy football. Okay. <laughs> he said this. I'll give my brother a shout out. Um, he said, which of these players for week four bets do you think has the chance to hit the dirty 30? in a GPP. So which of these players, I'm going to give you three guys, three wide receivers, do you think has the best chance at their salary of hitting 30 points, which means like you need them in a GPP. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Is it Calvin Ridley against Washington? Is it Adam Thielen against Cleveland? Or is it Stephon Diggs versus Houston? All three of those wide receivers are at home and all three of them, I feel like, well, Thielen's been fine, but Ridley's kind of let you down. And Diggs, we haven't seen anything close to a ceiling game yet. So who's the dirty 30? I am going to go with Stefan Diggs. 14 targets, 8 targets, 10 targets, and he has just one touchdown. So at some point, the explosion week is coming. I feel like it's got to be against the Texans. Real quick, on that game, since we didn't talk about game stacking it, you talked about playing Josh Allen in cash. Can you play that game in a GPP? Like, can you say, I want Allen, Diggs, Sanders, and then would you run it back with Cooks? I certainly think you can. I mean, through three weeks, we've seen no reason why you can't or shouldn't. He's literally getting targeted on like every play. Um, but the issue is, again, like at some point, the floor is going to fall out from underneath Brandon Cooks. I don't think he can, can sustain this pace. Now, that said, I don't think anyone's excited about playing any Texans, and I could see like most weeks Brandon Cooks being undervalued relative to what he's done so far and I do think it's viable I don't think you have to but I definitely do think Josh Allen's stacks are very very much in play this week yeah I feel like Allen is going to be super popular this week because of what he did last week and kind of unlocked this oh my gosh we have a guy who could get five touchdowns in a week um Cooks is only 6.4k on DraftKings he's 6.9 on FanDuel so I think you can run it back. It's just saying, will that game get there? And is it going to get there on the back of, you know, uh, the bills? Like the bills are carrying most of the team total. I looked it up. Teams that are favored by 15 or more points, those games hit the under 70% of the time. And it's usually like the teams like the Texans that aren't like pulling their weight. So on GPPs, I will probably be underweight 
this week because I was all about it last week. Um, you know, I, I liked it before it was cool, right? That, like, that's the thing that we have to think about in DFS. You're right? trendy. You're just a trendy guy. <laughs> I like this player. I, one of my favorite memes I saw this week was someone said, I liked Chuba Hubbard before he was cool. I actually drafted him before CMC this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a question. A couple people actually asked this one, and I thought it was a good chance for us to kind of clear the air about roster percentages. Um, this one comes in from Mista Sean and another one from Adam Gould. They ask, how do you guys project ownership or roster percentage is it just a feel for the game? And then someone else asked, how do you technically come up with these? Do you get any data from DraftKings? Let me just clear the air. DraftKings definitely doesn't give out that information. If we had that information ahead of time, uh, we would be rolling in so much money. So <laughs> seriously, if they just said, here's all the roster percentage. Here's what we do have though, because I'm a spreadsheet bro. I like it. I like looking through all the numbers. We actually do have the data of all the roster percentage of all the major tournaments dating back to 2015. So I've gotten to sift through a lot of that. I won't say every single one, but we can look at and say, here's a player. Find me all the players that are in this price range. Let's just say 5K, okay? Because that's just a round number. We can find out what their projections were. We can find out what they actually scored. And then also like how how much they were rostered each each week. So all of that information is at our disposal and what we have behind our behind the scenes and what we we're working through. And then what I usually do is I come up with a first draft and then Betts and I kind of go back and forth and I say, what do you think about this player? So like this week, you get to use the feel of what do you think about Derrick Henry? And so Betts, before even looking at the numbers, like what's your feel for Derrick Henry in tournaments this week? Probably 15 to 20%, somewhere in that range or more. Honestly. Right. Right. Right now, the bottom of what I've ran so far, it's 14%. So I think, I think that's like kind of what's going to happen because of his price, because of his production, because of his matchup. And one thing DraftKings is good at, like in terms of their algorithm and how they figured out is they do price a lot of players, especially running backs appropriately. If you're near that nine K range, you're going to score a lot. Like that that's just the way it works. And so people understand that. So um, we're not the only site. Lots of other sites have their projections. And I just want to say they are projections. There's a range of these players. And it also changes from just human sentiment. Like think about in a week like this, we're projecting, let's say we project Derrick Henry at 15%. Well, there's a human element to this that says, I don't want to miss out on Derrick Henry. And that skyrockets his percentage. Now, when people play cash, you can see those percentages go way higher. Like I have to play Derrick Henry. I bet Derrick Henry, I'm making, making a guess. I bet he's going to be 50% in your double ups. Really? I don't, that's super Dude, high. Dude, pe- people will play Derrick Henry just in the same same regard. A couple weeks ago, Alvin Kamara was 45%. And yeah, that's, that's true, I guess. It's just the narrative part. And, and he's an intimidating person. Like nobody wants to like go against Derrick Henry in a head to head. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So we have all this information. That's why we have the projections. And I just want to give you a couple more kind of things to note. And you can add in anything you want here, Bets. But a couple of rules of thumb. Quarterback percentage, we don't really care that much about it. Um, we try to get in a range that we think is fine. But because you only roster one, 
nobody's going to get really out of hand. Like Josh Allen, I think is going to be the most popular this week, but like probably not above like 12%, like not nothing crazy. And so you can have a range of players. Like let's say Josh Allen is 15% and we project him at 12. That's totally fine by me. Like we're not going to get that completely right. And it's not off enough where you go, okay, that's, that's not going to burn anyone. So quarterback's the one that I always feel safest with. And the way that we add it up is we try to get as close as possible to 100% since you're only rostering one of them. Same thing with defense. Defense is flat. We try to get that around 100%. I know I'm giving a lot of numbers, but hopefully for people you see, like this is how we do things behind the scenes. And then uh, at tight end, we kind of use like a barbell approach. Um, you want to explain what that means, Bets? Like when we talk about like barbell, like pay up or punt, like in terms of like who's going to be popular. Yeah, basically, it's like all those guys in the middle, you know, like 4K to like low 5K range is just kind of like flat because people generally take the same approach that we do. And it's like, okay, you either pay up for Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, who are all north of 6K usually or higher if you're Kelsey, or they just go to the basement of, you know, Will Disley this week and Evan Ingram. So you can expect Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram to both be popular this, this week for different reasons. One is just safe and a great player at an okay tag at 8k and the other one is down at 3k and he's just so cheap that people are going to play him so we tend to see that that's what you're kind of describing that barbell approach where the roster percentage is highest kind of at the top tier and then at the low tier as well in the middle is just it's pretty flat last week we had tj hawkinson who was an outlier like he was 5.2 because DraftKings set their price way beforehand and he was a great play in terms of points per dollar projection so i would say if you want to go the best best route in our DFS pass in the DraftKings rankings or in the FanDuel rankings, we have point per dollar projections, which is simply here's our projections from Andy, Mike, and Jason, and as a team, here's what their salary is, and here's how you can configure that. And so that's why certain players are just going to be better. Like the week Derrick Henry went off, I, I don't not sure why he wasn't more popular. Maybe it was that first week, but like we had on our site, Derrick Henry is the best play on the slate on FanDuel, like by far the best play. And we played him in GPPs. Um, and you and I still got buried in some other spots. But uh, it there's a lot that goes into projections and roster percentage. They're not perfect, but it gives you a piece of the puzzle that you don't go in blind. Like the worst thing to do is to think, I have a really unique lineup. And then you go in and you go, wow, this wide receiver everybody has. How else can I get different in that in my lineup construction? So um, any last things on roster percentage and how it's been helpful for you? No, I think you described it really well. I, just, I do think it's one of those things that is really important and I think undervalued in tournaments. Like you have to know what your opponents are doing because if you're just going with the herd, you're not going to win. Everyone else is going to play the same lineups as you. So I do think that that's crucial. We've had a couple of questions come in. I know like Twitter messages and stuff like that of, uh, you know, should I be playing like a certain percentage roster like does it need to be 50 percent? should it be 60 should it be 80 should it be 150 so when we talk about cumulative roster percentage the data is showing that in gpps the best outcomes and it's not the same for every slate but in general the best outcomes is like shooting for around 100 to 125 cumulative roster percentage so i got a lot of questions about that wanted to address that on the show today too every slate is different and so if you're like okay i shot for 100 percent and i didn't win this week well <laughs> It's, it's just, it's different every single week. We also don't have a very big sample size and we need to give ourselves time. So don't give up if you feel like you're having a hard time with roster percentages. Uh, we have a couple of articles. We did a podcast over the summer 
of the ways to approach that. So roster percentage is super, super important, and it's found only in the DFS pass. All right, next question is from Laced Gravy. Great name. What's the last position that you typically fill in your roster? It said, I almost always see myself leaving the flex for last and seeing who works for the money left. Yeah, I don't know that I have a great answer for this other than just to say, like, when I go down to sit a lineup, I, I basically am looking at which game stack do I want to go after if we're talking about tournaments and then kind of play around with the pieces there. And usually that includes a quarterback, a wide receiver or two, a running back maybe. So it kind of just naturally fills those positions. And then I look at, you know, other spots that I like. And the last thing I even consider is defense. We know that the correlation between DraftKings price and fantasy performance at defense is the lowest of any position on their site. So even though you might love a 4K defense, like I, I don't care. I'm just going to play the cheap guys that aren't going to be rostered by a lot of people in tournaments. So they're the last place I look. You know, I don't get, I don't stress about if it's like, oh, I wish I had 200 more dollars to get to this defense. Um, for me, it doesn't really matter that much. That's the last place I look. Yeah, defense is usually at the very end, but I'll, I'll kind of flip the question because it really is more about having a pool of players or else like, I sometimes make lineups and I'm in the negative, you know, when I get to my flex because I'm like, ah, I want to fit Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill and uh, Devontae Adams. It's like, I can't do that. So uh, I would say the better question is, do you have a pool of players for running back and wide receiver? Do you have two or three quarterbacks that you kind of like? And then you just make a bunch of combinations of that. Like, you know, I'll screenshot bets like here I am on a Thursday. Here's who I like. And then I'll play around with a combination and I'll see if I like it. Like, okay, do I like, instead of having Dak and Amari in, in this lineup, like, do I like having Mahomes and Tyreek, but then I punt at tight end, you know, instead of having George Kittle this week, I have Will Disley. Like, is that a better combination? Um, so that that's what's more important. But yeah, usually defense and flex is usually for me, I'm at the end. And I also try to always, if I can, keep my flex open so for that afternoon slate, I can uh, mix it up and know like, okay, this week in that spot, I have a range of, you know, players I can go with. Like, can I go to Robert Woods or can I go to this, you know, Chris Godwin? Like that, that was kind of the decision last week for me. All right, let's get one more question here. It's from David. He says, what is the right balance between eating the chalk in GPP and fading the chalk? Is it a gut thing or is it a data thing? Yeah, there's been some data that's come out that has shown that there is, I don't want to say optimal because I feel like that means that people will automatically do it, but it's its generally more of a positive expected value type of move. And that's just to play some chalky plays mixed in with some contrarian plays. So there's been data that's shown like the top 10% win rates in tournaments is better when you play like, you know, two or three guys that are in the 20-ish percent range and then a couple of guys that are below 10% versus playing everyone at like 15%. So there's, there's a reason players are popular on a given slate, and that's because they're great plays. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily fade them every time, and you can still kind of get different in your lineup elsewhere. And I'll just point this back to the thing we just said, which is cumulative roster percentage is far more important than trying to identify, like, specifically what should my quarterback be and what should my running back be. I think the cumulative roster percentage, when you add up each position, what is your total at the end? That's more important than trying to get specific at each spot. It's an opportunity cost question when it comes to chalk like what do i lose what do i gain and you know some people in the industry they put it this way like what do i win 
when I win with this lineup, or you can reverse that. What do I lose if I lose with this lineup? So, you know, it's really hard with the high projection. So week two, when you and I were both on Kamara, it's hard to stare at a player like that and find an outcome that says, I am going to bomb this week because Alvin Kamara is going to get eight touches or whatever. Like that's, that's just not in the realm of what feels like even like a 30% outcome. So it's more of saying, when I look at this lineup, what do I lose with GPPs? Here's the thing you're shooting for the moon. And so with that, you're mostly saying, what do I win with correlation here? And what do I win in terms of if I have a quarterback? So let's say this week you're doing Mahomes and you're doing Kelsey, but then you add in McCole Hardman. You're basically telling yourself with this, Tyreek Hill is not the win, the win this week. Or if you're doing the opposite, you're saying Travis Kelsey is not it. And you're assembling your lineup as if you were right. Same thing we've talked about with best ball. And that's when you figure out like, okay, what do I win? But Betts is really, really awesome at this point. Like make sure you do have guys that are consensus good plays. Like there is a reason that chalk is chalk. Like we wanted to play these guys for a reason. Austin Eckler was the dude for us the whole week last week. He was a great play and most people said to play him. So mix in those guys in your lineup, make sure that you can actually get different elsewhere. And then you're not saying I'm not completely fading the chalk. I'm just saying I'm doing enough to be able to get different uh, than everyone else. All right, let's finish off by talking about our DraftKings contest. Fantasy Faceoff, presented by DraftKings. Yes, you can go to ballersdfs.com, play in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg, Plus, Bets. And if you are careful enough, if you're looking in there, there's some Andy, there's some Mike, there's some Jason in there. Um, I know Jason was up against uh, some people on a 50-50. Mike cashed in some uh, one of ours. So make sure you go in there. You'll get a chance to play with all of us. Um, I wanted to highlight a winning lineup from a tournament this past week. And Betts, why don't you tell me what you like most about this lineup? More as like a teaching point to the people. Is this your lineup? What? No. <laughs> no way. I'm looking at this sitting here like about to compliment this listener. And I'm just like, wait a minute. This is definitely your lineup. Oh, man. Yes. This is Borg's lineup last week, which just crushed with 182 points. Uh, it's sad. It has lots of flames on it, though, because it was a great lineup. You had Josh Allen stacked. We talked about that with Emmanuel Sanders, which was great. No one played that. And then you did eat some chalk with Chris Godwin, who was a fine play. Uh, Higby was a fine play as well. And then you also went with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was a great play. But those guys were all popular as well as Justin Jefferson. So what you said is like, I'm okay playing some really popular but good projected plays. And I'm going to get a different elsewhere. And what you did is a different roster construction, which I think is really interesting. You played Higby and then Travis Kelsey in the flex, which at this point you can argue he's a wide receiver. So it's totally viable. Um, But yeah, man, 182 points. It, It pains me to compliment you because basically you took my money. Yeah, what I basically did, and I'm not going to go any much further with this lineup, is basically Cooper Cup is the most popular play on the slate. I know that. And with our listeners, they definitely know that. So I need to figure out a way to have a lineup that no one else has in this field. And so I decided to go Higby and Godwin as kind of that correlated play and then say, okay, well, I bet no other lineup is going to have Higby and Kelsey in it. 
uh, in the flex. And then, you know, Josh Allen and Manuel Sanders came in at a pretty low roster percentage. So um, that's all it really takes, I think, in a GPP is saying, who are a couple of good plays that I like? And then what are a couple of tweaks? So for me, it was instead of Cup, who still was awesome, you probably won a lot of money last week if you played Cup. Uh, I just did Higby and Godwin and then played Kelsey. So um, please play with us. We would love to uh, open up contests every week um, and make sure that you invite your friends to be a part of this community, a community of people that uh, gets to play DFS together. So that's any parting birthday words, you dirty 30. Oh, the dirty 30. It's getting me, it's getting me good this week. But uh, yeah, come check us out at DFSPass.com. And as well, don't forget about Discord. I'll be in there Sunday morning. Uh, good luck to all of you in week four. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.